Welcome, welcome, welcome to Recommended Daily Dose. I'm your host, Dr. Clinton Coleman, along with my esteemed co-host. Dr. Seward Slugger, how are you today, Coleman? I'm good. I wanted to pick your little brain. All right. I I never thought I'd say that, but... um, I got that insult, by the way. You're listening to Recommended Daily Dose with Drs. Clinton Coleman and Suraj Sugger, the not-so-average health show with a unique spin on what's making headlines in healthcare. You know that I know that I'm, I'm pretty, you know, well-traveled, right? I'm already lost. I know I'm, that you. Yeah. Well, are you well-traveled? Well, they call me locally recognized, internationally known, but um, that was your stage name, your rap name. Over the over the course of the past year, I've become a little more scared about traveling, mm. you know, vacations, a lot of stuff in the news about. You know, deaths on in resorts, and I'm already scared of flying. I mean, I know you don't see me a scary person, but you can imagine that uh, I have to pop a you, you know zanny before I, I fly. And, exactly, and you have the uh, little bag in, in your legs between. Yeah, between. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I like to travel a lot too, and I think there's a lot we can talk about in today's episode about travel, health, how to stay healthy, and what's going on in the news. All right. So I'm really concerned about all the deaths in the news. So um, all right. So let, let's let's start what, there. What are your thoughts on that? I, that you're, that's your thing, right? The the traveling and. It is my thing. I tell you, I um, in another world, another life, I would have just traveled the world, maybe worked for the WHO, CDC, you know. There was a book I read in med school, Hot Zones, I thought I was going to drop in in like some uh, epidemic somewhere and just drop in, say, you know, a little village, rural area, the Amazon, whatever. But it didn't quite work out that way. But I tell you, travel, health in general is fascinating stuff. So, so l- is l- something l- I should be concerned about, these, well, these, these deaths? Well, you know, we have to take in context. So right. why don't we address each... Each individual concern uh, as and then see really what we can do to stay healthy. So I'll start off with a question. You know, what do you think is the number one killer of travelers abroad? Is it, uh, you know, political uh, unri- un- unrest? Is it infections? Is it accidents? What is it really? Um, it's probably the same thing that happens when they're not traveling, right? People die from the most common things. Common probably, things being common. Probably heart disease, right? Up to 50%. You, yeah. are, you are smart, I tell you. You're not just a good-looking guy. It's... You, up to 50% of all um, deaths abroad are just like it would be at home, cardiovascular, stroke, heart attacks, et cetera. I, yeah, I think people get worried when they see, you know, 10, 11 deaths in Dominican Republic for over the past year. It's hard to ignore that in the news, but, right? You know, keep it in context, there's about probably 2 million Americans visit per year. So, right. you know, a handful out of, you know, 2 million does, it, you know, in the media, it, it, you know, it's exaggerated, but probably in context, it's probably If you not look that at the much. instance of the rate what's happening over here among 2 million people, probably similar. Now, I think it's important for our guests to understand this investigation is still ongoing, so we can't make any distinct conclusions. But what we can do is talk about travel health in general. And I think once you understand what things people should be concerned about, uh, what they should be looking for, what they should be informed about, well, they might put them at ease. So So I think when people travel, you really have to worry worry about... You know, your own health, obviously. Right. Um, you know, a lot of patients come see me and ask, you know, if it's okay to travel. And, you know, based on their history, it's really up to the doctor to determine whether they're healthy enough to travel. But once you're there, you have to worry about simple things like accidents, which are, are really common. In uh, fact, they're so common. I mean, you know, people are always concerned about infections. Especially right. What I do, I get asked about it. But you're talking most of the time, you're absolutely hit the nail on the head. It's accidents, not infections. Accidents maybe represent up over 20, maybe even as high as 25% of all uh, deaths and or illness acquired abroad. And these could be normal accidents, right. like motor vehicle accidents or, you know, 
unfortunately drownings, but right. it can also be like the, the adventurous uh, vacationer Absolutely. climbing Mount Everest. Listen, have you ever seen, uh, been in Southeast Asia, have you seen the traffic? I don't know if you have, but I have. It's not for the faint of heart. Right. So it, just like you can have a car accident anywhere, unfortunately, uh, this is oftentimes exaggerated, uh, especially in third world countries, countries that are more crowded. They don't have perhaps as safe cars, et cetera. You know, they're maybe they're... Roads aren't as good. So these are all things you really have to be concerned about. So before you start thinking exotic, as we say in medicine, common things being common, um, you really need to understand that what can harm you in our own country, heart attacks and then accidents, is the exact same thing um, that the most likely you would perhaps impact you abroad. And I think like, like myself, when you're on vacation, you probably let your hair back. You're receding uh, hair back. When I had hair, yeah, absolutely. Right. absolutely. Yeah. So you're more uninhibited and probably doing high-risk behavior type things. Not you per se. Not but, me. Uh, Let's stay away from me. Exactly. <laughs> but you're right. People on vacation. I mean, we're talking as far about as drinking and illicit drug right. use, perhaps uh, more promiscuous, perhaps uh, unprotected uh, relations. So as an infectious disease physician, I tell people all the time that STDs, you know, gonorrhea, chlamydia, uh, syphilis, and even HIV, what we call acute HIV, are things we always think about uh, in in travelers, especially the right demographics. So, so maybe someone younger, someone who said they went for a bachelor party or perhaps they traveled uh, alone. Uh, but, you know, you can't make any assumptions. You really need to always include that in your differential diagnosis. Uh, if someone comes back and they have a variety of symptoms, remember syphilis, we call it the great imitator. Um, it can present in a whole host of ways. So you always have to think about that in your back of your mind. And you have to be aware that certain parts of the world are more uh, endemic for STDs, including HIV. So sub-Saharan Africa, for instance, South Africa, um, parts of Eastern Europe, uh, Southeast Asia. So you really need to know where you're going and what the risks are, you know, and that's a perfect example. But what else are we talking about? Now, you're a scuba diver or, or no? No. Um, I, I can snorkel, but uh, <laughs> scuba, scuba diving scares me. So I, I, I admire people who can do it, but I'm not really the high-risk sports type of guy. I don't helicopters or... You're not going to Everest anytime soon? Nah, nah. No, but you know, if your patients were, you might tell them if they're scuba diving, there's always a concern for what? Decompression, sickness, right. the bends. And we actually have, uh, with Holy Name Medical Center and the Wound Care Center, a hyperbaric, two hyperbaric chambers. And in addition to wound care, this is also utilized for handling this decompression sickness that's right. an issue. And you also be careful when you're traveling. You don't know who's responsible for, like, who's the scuba diving instructor at the resort. You don't, you really... You have less control over some of the things that you think would be, you know, 100% safe here. Correct, right. Um, even yeah. things like jet skiing or... You really um, need to look like at the international uh, standards. So in the scuba diving, for example, there's something called NAWI and PADI. These are like nationally and internationally uh, recognized um, governing bodies. So you really want to look for these at the resorts too. You know, I think we should mention just a tad on Everest since it has been in the news as well with all the deaths and the traffic jams and the trash right. and the bodies accumulating up there. But, you know, even if it's not going to Everest, your patient is going to any mountain, anything above 10,000 feet, there's always a concern for altitude sickness. Right. Uh, have you had any patients uh, that have come to you personally? No, I don't. Not really. Your, pati your patients may or not as adventurous, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I think the main point is, you know, it's okay to be adventurous, but you have to be safe. And, you know, common sense is always, you know, common sense, is but always important. Also preparation. So getting back to altitude sickness, I mean, you can take something called Dimox, which helps you breathe faster. Uh, you can uh, acclimatize yourself. So when you go above 10,000, actually 9,000 feet, oftentimes they recommend uh, spending a night or two at lower levels and just staying at that altitude uh, before going up and preventing things like uh, 
fluid in the brain, fluid in the lungs, et cetera. So if you know the risks ahead of time, you can prepare for them, uh, obviously. And that's kind of the, the purpose of our show today, right? So um, in regards to infection, so... Uh-oh. I, I, my, not, your, now your, you're talking your my language. Yeah. Um, you know, are there things that we should be concerned about when we travel? Like everyone's asking for, for Cipro, for... Oh, you know, traveler's diarrhea, but I'm sure it's way more intense than that. It depends on where you're going, obviously. Yeah, you know, I always tell patients common infections are people like to think about exotic stuff. You know, doc, is it Ebola? Is it Zika? You know, is it something crazy? Before you start thinking about these things, you have to look at the context, like you mentioned, geographically where you're going. But you know, just like if it's the right time of year, it's winter, and then you're going on a long plane ride. Um, uh, just like you can be at risk for influenza back home, i.e. in the United States, New Jersey, whatever, uh, it, that also is a very common um, uh, acquired infection abroad, especially if you're talking about long plane rides and uh, breathing recycled air and sitting next to a bunch of people in closed, confined spaces. Um, pneumonia, you know, the community we call community-acquired pneumonia, the captain of the ship of death, Osler called it, you know, pneumococca, strep pneumonia, very common if it's the right time of year and you have children and they, you know, norovirus, so same thing can happen abroad, you know, cruise ships. I hope you haven't had that issue, right? We were stuck on a cruise ship. I've never been on a cruise ship. And are you going or? No. That's not your plan, are you? No. And then, <laughs> well, speaking about the fecal oral route, uh, it's funny you mentioned hepatitis. I feel very comfortable at home. I, I mean, it's. I feel you're more of a staycation type I'm of a guy. staycation guy. So you put socks, you put your Birkenstocks on, and you just sit in the backyard. My, my, my little boy shorts, and I'm just hanging by the pool. We can talk about your above-ground pool, or is this an in-ground pool? A little Scooby-Doo pool. Scooby-Doo pool, right. Just maybe a spreading mulch. I know you told me before the show that you had bought some mulch, mulch for your backyard. It's very, we're going to have a whole show about mulch later. So, again, common infections, most things you should think about. So why is that important? Well, make sure you had your vaccinations for influenza every season. And remember, if it's the winter in North America, if you're going to South America or South Southern Hemisphere, you have to think it's their winter. Influenza will be circulating there. So you have to make sure that you're getting vaccinated the right time of year. Is there a place to go? I mean, I know the CDC um, has some guidance on, Absolutely, yeah. on international travel, but that's mostly, I, I would assume that's mostly exotic stuff like uh, well, you know, yellow fever and dengue and malaria. But like, is there some place to go to know what's endemic in that area when you go like flu for example no it's a great question you know do you go to a doc in the box do an urgent care center i really recommend three things one going either to the county health department which they always have a lot of great information so for instance here in bergen county uh it's in fort lee um going to a dedicated travel clinic and these can be uh actually go to the cdc website you can see dedicated travel clinics that are uh, listed on the cdc website and or a yellow fever uh, clinic. And yellow fever is a virus that you see in Africa and South America. And the vaccine, uh, while life-saving, uh, has to be given in special um, circumstances and in environments. So some clinics specialize and advertise as yellow fever clinics. But, you know, I was going to mention at the end, but we might as well mention it now. Um, there's something in the ID world, in the medical world, that we use called the Yellow Book. It's put out by the CDC. They actually have it free for online. So if you go, you know, CDC Yellow Book, you can actually search by geographic area. So I'm going to, I don't know, the Caribbean, I'm going to Africa, I'm going wherever. And they'll tell you what you should be concerned about and what things to think about and what right. vaccination. So it's actually, it's an unbelievable resource I recommend. Not even, they have the professional version, so for people like us as physicians, even the the one for uh, travelers themselves without medical background, it's a really, it's a very valuable resource. And I recommend any listeners out there, uh, they may be thinking about traveling, to really look at that. And um, 
you know, I get this, I'm sure you do. I'm going to Africa tomorrow. What should I do? You know, this is you, a little late. To, to, exactly. You really want to do this about a month ahead of time before your travel. So For you example, can, malaria, which is pretty prevalent in Africa, you need, you know, prophylaxis at least seven days before. In general, although this is getting a little specific, there are some options to be given actually a day or two before you leave. But even things like hepatitis A, you know, but vaccine, remember, you need that way ahead of time. Right. So, so if you're talking about medications for prophylaxis, especially let's say malaria, for instance, you can actually give it a day or two before. If you're talking about vaccinations, cholera, typhoid, uh, hepatitis A, you need time for that to work. So I always recommend anyone that's traveling um, abroad, uh, perhaps to more exotic uh, locales, to at least uh, seek guidance a month, a minimum of a month right, ahead of time. Because you plan weeks ahead to go to the, the place. And you, you Absolutely, have, yeah. You, know, you need to give your, your doctor some heads up that you're, that you're going to. Um, you know, because you do want to enjoy your vacation when you get there, which is another thing. Like when you go to a, you know, a foreign or, or a different place, mm-hmm. you're relying on their healthcare system, which so let me ask may you, be a little different than, than here. Do you purchase uh, travel insurance and do you purchase uh, healthcare insurance? No. When you travel abroad, this is always a tricky subject, right? Because one, you people, you never want to have to mitigate or think about cost at the expense right. of uh, seeking help when you're abroad. And then you also have to understand that not all healthcare is equal, and how the standards in, in one country may be very different from another country, including our own. Right. You might be relying on the, you know the resorts policies, right? So in the news, one resort had a policy that they had to call the. The uh, hotel physician. So you're talking about some of the. You're talking about some incidents in DR recently, right? Right, where the families were requesting an ambulance and going to the hospital, and I think they waited 22 or 24 minutes before the uh, resort physician came, and then their family was stuck with a big bill. They didn't want to pay. It was right. it was a whole issue. So something certainly, I think, and that that's a great point to to, to think about is is uh, considering buying. Um, uh, health insurance for uh, international health insurance. So you're really well protected, especially if you have underlying health conditions, making sure you take your medications. You know, if you're a dialysis patient, so in your instance, I'm sure, you know, they have dialysis cruises and they have uh, people enable ways for people with dialysis that require several times a week to enjoy their lives. But if you have special circumstances like that, you really want to prepare well ahead of time. But going to infections, um, when you go away from the more common stuff, there are other things. So the old Montezuma's Revenge, have you uh, heard of that? Have you experienced I've that? heard of it. Never you, experienced never it. Never experienced yeah. it. Never been to uh, Senior Frogs in Cancun and then uh, for spring break <laughs> and found the... Uh, Are the, you telling the, us the story? I found the bottom of a, uh, a rum bottle. No, I'm not. But, you know, we call this traveler's diarrhea in the business. And this can be things like E. coli and other bacteria. It can be so protozoa. the water. Exactly. So you really, it's common sense. People say, gee, should I take antibiotics? The reality is that most people, unless you have very severe disease, will clear it um, uh, without any medication. So do you recommend giving antibiotics before Well, you mentioned Cipro, which is a fluoroquinolone that everyone seems to know. And actually, that's no longer first-line therapy. I recommend taking a short course, uh, at least a packet of Zithromax. With you. With you. Or a drug called Rifaximin, which is quite expensive uh, for traveler's diarrhea. But only take it if it's really extreme cases. You know, when you're talking about little kids, they can get dehydrated quickly. But someone with otherwise healthy, intact immune system, it's really what we call self-limiting illness. And as I say, prevention, you know, ounce of prevention worth a pound of cure. So just... Be aware of the water around you. You know, and I think a lot of people say, well, I'll only drink bottled water, but then they don't realize that fruit may be washed with right. local water. Or brush your teeth or ice it, cubes. Exactly. So you have to worry about ice cubes. That's gotten me a couple of times. You know, you had you had uh, filtered water, but maybe the ice cubes weren't filtered. Uh, fruit, make sure you peel it ahead of time. So things like bananas are better than, let's say, an apple. Uh, an orange would be better than an apple. You know, things that have an outside covering that you can peel ahead of time. 
Just trust me from personal experience, it'll save you a whole lot of grief. I have a silly question. Now, why There's no I, silly questions, Clinton. So say I'm a, a resident of country A. Yeah. Have I built up tolerance to whatever's in the water? So this is a great question because um, in general, I would say yes. But there are instances of what we call like immigrants returning home to visit uh, family members, et cetera, or friends. And they actually see that immunity is somewhat lost. So I will have people saying, well, I'm going back to my own home country you know, of X. Why do I need this? Why do I need malaria prophylaxis? Why do I need um, uh, to be careful about the water? I, you know, I grew up there. Right. And the reality is, you're, it's a great point that even people from other countries who are now residents of the United States, uh, going back home doesn't excuse them from, um, from taking the necessary precautions. I'll take a personal example. Uh, families from India, parents grew up there. They came here for, uh, after medical school. But uh, when they go back, they take malaria prophylaxis. They take the whole host of medications, including prophylactic Pepto-Bismol or whatever else, something to coat the stomach to prevent traveler's diarrhea. They take a, a uh, antibiotics in their in their personal medical um, uh, bag just in case. You know, these are people who grew up uh, a significant part of their life there, but have spent the last forty plus years now in the United States. So it's a great uh, uh, it's a great uh, and actually sometimes underrecognized concept that people that had natural immunity do lose it over time. Or is they it, have to take precautions. Is the standard for like potable, drinkable, drinkable water different in different places? Well, I think people would sometimes... We have E. coli in our water, right? We do, but yeah. in general, our standards of we can at least be more assured. And of course, this is always exceptions to every rule, but we can be more assured globally or at least globally across the nation that the water supply is safe, that you're not going to have E. coli, Campybacter, Shigella. Now, of course, we know, especially last summer, there's all kinds of instances of food and waterborne illnesses in the news, and that's a story for a different day, but... In general, our water supply is very safe, and we don't worry about it here like you would in other countries. So, very nice point. Um, so, what like what are the things that you like as far as infection doctor that you would be scared about traveling? Like, oh, well, you know, nothing scares me. No, I'm just joking. So, a couple of things, you know. So, and this is, doesn't have to. We're talking exotic as if it means like very far Ebola, away. Like yeah, but you know, before we get to that, just going to the Caribbean, right? Let's say going to Puerto Rico, going to other parts of the, of the uh, Leeward Islands, the eastern side of the islands, um, and the Windward Islands for that matter. Things like dengue, chikagunya, um, these kind of go hand in hand. They're kind of exotic sounding uh, viruses, but they are spread by the same type of mosquito. And you know, whether you believe global warming is real, or whether you believe global warming is caused by man or it's a natural variation, the reality is that it is occurring. So we know that the habitat for a lot of these mosquitoes is spreading, spreading northward. So now we're seeing these tropical disease that were once eradicated from the United States, returning back to Florida, the southeast part of the United States. So we have to keep these in mind. And we know the Caribbean and specifically, we have tons of you know uh, patients that come here that obviously live here, that vacation in the Caribbean. These are things that you always have to keep in mind. But so before we go to more exotic stuff, really think about things that we might see more commonly, someone going to the Bahamas, going to Dominican Republic, going to um, anywhere in the Caribbean. So dengue, you've heard about, chikagunya, right. they cause really intense body aches and pains. Don't forget malaria. It's not, you know, and malaria is one of those things that you have to, some islands have it, some islands don't. Haiti does, but the other half of Haiti is the Dominican Republic, so Hispaniola does not. Uh, although there have been reports of where you have resorts being built and there are perhaps uh, workers from Haiti who have brought it with them. So, you know, you really need to take an individual basis whether you need prophylaxis or not. Parts of Central America do have um, yellow fever, some do not, et cetera. So you get the ideas that these are all things you need to start thinking about before going to the more exotic stuff like Ebola. Now, if you're going to West Africa, you know, certainly something to think about. Right. There are ongoing um, outbreaks in Cameroon and other places. So, 
you know, I could talk about this stuff all day, as you can clearly see, but the reality is, is that, you know, really want to hit the head on terms of where you're going and discussing that with your right. healthcare provider. There's even um, things that are less common here, but more common worldwide, like, you know, things like tuberculosis, which is, you don't see much tuberculosis here. But well, you'd be surprised, you know. No, but I'm saying interna- compare it internationally. Well, let me ask you a question. How many people you think in the world are infected with tuberculosis? Since you asked, I would say a lot. Oh, that's a great answer. Is that what you're going to put in an exam? You're just going to put a lot? You're going to put C for C. a lot? Yeah, for a lot. <laughs> so, you know, tuberculosis can lay dormant. We call it sleeping or latent TB. But, you know, uh, things that are eradicated here, like tuberculosis, Yeah, but measles, tuberculosis things, yeah. It was thought to be eradicated. Even people tell me today that, hey, gee, is, is it really a big deal? Well, with, it depends uh, on where you go. Well, it depends mostly, especially on the coast where you have large immigrant populations. There are a lot of tuberculosis. And we see a fair amount of tuberculosis uh, here in the Northeast outside uh, Manhattan being in New Jersey. So my point is, is that this is not something that is eradicated. And to answer the question, it wasn't C. It was actually one in three people in the world have not active TB, but sleeping TB. So this is a huge problem. And that can become active over time. And that's a conversation for a different day. But the reality is that it's not just the common things you have to worry about. It's not just the exotic things you have to worry about. You really have to think about all these things. But again, in the context of where you're traveling, and that's really where that CDC website I mentioned, the yellow book really comes in handy. But you know, I feel like we're talk so much about infections. I'm sure there's other things we have to tell our listeners about in terms of travel health. No, I think just just the the process of traveling, right? Like you know, jet lag. Uh, so when you fly on vacation from here to uh, let's say Pittsburgh, is that a big deal with jet lag? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Is that? I, I was told you're you like to go there and hang out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think joking aside, I mean, how many travel zones do you think you really need to travel cross before it becomes an issue? I'm sure, more than a few. Two or three? You have to pick a number here. You can't just pick B or C. Three? Three, yeah. So that, that's what I tell patients, that once you cross over three time zones, especially going uh, east to west, it's more so than west to east, that's really becomes an issue. Um, and, you know, people say, well, what's the big deal with, uh, with uh, jet lag? But it can cause, besides excessive sleepiness, it can cause depression, anxiety, decreased concentration, motor vehicle access, all right. these type of things. So you really need to talk to your healthcare provider about things you can do, like exercise, avoiding alcohol, um, melatonin even, right. light therapy, all these things you can do to mitigate that because people, you know, it's an underestimated um, uh, consequence of travel. But even the, the mental part of traveling, you know, traveling can be stressful. Like I'm always stressed when I'm traveling because I'm... So I know you're a big shoe guy. So we got to take I off... I take one pair, but... But when you take your shoes off, you know, aren't you worried that someone's going to snag those beautiful pair of sneakers? Um, I keep one eye open, but no, okay. it's just, you know, airport and security and the bags. So, so it's, it's really stressful, even though it's supposed to be a relaxing, you know, time. Right. Um, but you know, I'm a normal person, you know, what, what about people who have underlying, you know, psychiatric issues? And that can so be these stressful. can be, these yeah. can be exaggerated absolutely with, uh, with both jet lag as well as the anxiety of travel, especially in, uh, in our quote unquote post nine eleven era. Right. Um, so that's a great point. And then, you know, we've been talking about infections and other things, but we have to remember other medical issues. So, uh, blood clots, what we call right. DVTs. Right. So what do you tell patients in terms of how to prevent anything you, you recommend for so them? The longer that you're sedentary or not moving, you're at higher risk, especially if you have underlying uh, reason for, for blood clots. So, right. you know, I, I tell patients to try to be as mobile as they can if they're on a long flight to get up, walk around, or if you're driving for a long period of time, time take some stops. Right. Um, and just walk around. They also have these compression ho- stockings that you can wear. Um, but Or if you need medications, you need to discuss with your, your provider before traveling if it's actually safe for you to travel if you're a high risk for, for blood clots. 
Yeah, I think you mentioned medication. You also want to make sure you have enough medications to last you during your duration of your not, trip. Not, not just for that, for, for anything. For anything. Right. For any, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, you know, I think we have to mention at least the issue of animals. You know, when you're traveling outside the more touristy type areas, people underestimate the risk of wild animals, especially dogs and cats. You know, they can spread rabies, so you need to be aware of that. Um, believe it or not, monkeys. I don't know if when you're going on vacation, if you interact with wild monkeys. I try to stay away from the monkeys. You stay away from monkeys. Well, they actually spread something called herpes b virus. So that's something you can take to with you to your try next. Try to stay away from monkeys and herpes b virus. Herpes b virus. You can take that with you to your next uh, cocktail party. That's free of charge, by the way. And I try to stay away from fish and sharks and all that stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty boring, but uh, we I'm safe. We won't get into it, but, you know, there's actually marine toxins if you eat certain fish, and certain fish can kill you. So, you know. And certain fish can kill you if cooked, so you need to be aware of where your seafood's coming from. Especially if you're in a local area, you're on an island somewhere, and say, let me give me the local stuff. You really have to be careful. Uh, certain fish have certain toxins, like reef fish especially, so something to think about. Then I think we should at least touch, as we wrap it up here, um, on some special patient populations. You know, children, making sure that they are certainly evaluated well before you travel. Anyone who's pregnant especially if you're concerned about Zika and where, what areas um, may be endemic for Zika and you're concerned about uh, the health of your unborn child. Elderly patients. Elderly, immunocompromised, so they have an, you know, their immune systems are down. Um, healthcare workers and uh, human aid workers certainly need, you know, they're probably the ones that could be more going to rural areas and perhaps um, anyone working with refugees or in conflict zones, you know, they're going to be areas of poor uh, water quality and limited um, uh, health uh, resources, so that's something you really want to, to um, uh, investigate well before you travel. Obviously, newly arrived immigrants and refugees, I mean, we're living uh, outside, you know, one of the biggest cities in the United States, so we have a fair amount of immigrants, and that's a whole special uh, patient population that we have to take into account. And, of course, the old last-minute travelers we talked about, those that are telling us they're leaving tomorrow and can't write a prescription. You know, right. that's really not um, ideal, but having said that, does happen enough that you want to at least give them something to protect them with. So there's a lot here. I mean, I, I tell you, the yeah, more we at do at the end this, of the day, yeah. you know, Putting as much effort you can into traveling safely, um, you'll actually get to enjoy your vacation. Um, a lot of the things that we hear in the news are really isolated cases and need to be put in perspective. Put in context, but at the same time, uh, you know, knowledge is power. We have to disseminate this knowledge, and then we have to ensure that people stay safe. Because while you don't want to take out of context, you don't want to alarm anyone. Um, there are risks with travel, no matter what you do. And it can just be going to a resort. It can be ecotourism, adventure tourism. It can be going, you know, staying domestically as well as internationally. Uh, there are issues. And we, you know, I love travel. I know you do too. We were joking around with your staycation. Uh, but I know you like putting your hip pack on and your, you know, white socks and your sandals and What's going hip around. Pack? Fanny pack? Fanny pack, yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't even know what it was. So the fact that you knew it right away uh, is concerning. Um, if it, can if we it's find a designer, it? does that matter? Or no? <laughs> no, it does not matter. It does not matter. Uh, Wu-Wear does not make, uh, does wow. not make uh, fanny packs. But I think this is an extremely timely topic, and I have to say, this was your idea, so I think this is a great one. I really had fun with this one today. Well, I'm happy you know about Wu-Wear. Well, I know about a lot of things. Well, well, thanks for listening. You can find us at holyname.org slash recommendeddailydose, and please subscribe on iTunes and Spotify, and we will catch you next time. Signing out, I'm Dr. Clinton Coleman. Dr. Serge Sager calling, coming from you from Holy Name Medical Center in rainy Teaneck, New Jersey. Until next time, be well. Check out recent episodes and learn more about these two modern medicine men and their podcast at holyname.org slash recommenddailydose.